But there's a word from the Lord that I want to share with you today. Uh, we are beginning a brand new series of messages that is entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. Seeing Others as God Sees Them. This series will challenge all of us, challenge all of us to go beyond our preconceptions, challenge all of us to identify our own prejudice, our own biases. It will challenge all of us to be more like God, to live our lives as we deal with others, to be more like God. I don't know about you, but I am so sick of so many judgmental people. I hear them on the radio, I see their ministries, and so many people that are so critical of everything and everybody. And there are so many people that are so ready to send so many people to hell that they have no right uh, to judge their lives. And so God says in these next 12 weeks or so that I want you to challenge us to see others as I see them. 12 messages. We've put them on the board. We have them on our webpage. You can download the bookmark and you can get all 12 of them and, and prepare in advance with us as we say what God has instructed us to say. Our text this morning is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark chapter 1 and verses 40 to 42 reading from the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word beginning at verse number 40. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Verse 41, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, Jesus said, be healed. Verse 42, instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Subject for this message today is simply entitled A Special Touch. A Special Touch. At the beginning of this year, we introduced our theme for the year. We introduced our theme as perfect vision. A lot has happened since the beginning of this year. We had no idea that we would be facing what we're facing today. However, in that theme, it was said in that very first message that perfect vision from a spiritual perspective is simply seeing as God sees. It's not seeing as we desire. It's not seeing as we hope, but it is seeing as God sees. We challenge each one of us to throughout this year of 2020, and now it seems prophetic. We said that no matter what we are faced with, to remember to always see it as God sees it. Not knowing COVID-19 was on the horizon we said no matter what we are going through, always see it as God sees it. The first series of the year was simply entitled Seeing Ourselves as God Sees Us. And throughout that series, it was stated that from God's perspective, we are not defined by what others may think or say about us or by what we have gone through 
or what we are going through. Think about that. We said that first Sunday in January. We will not be defined in 2020 by what we are going through. Had no idea what we would be faced with. But God sent a prophetic word. And as we dealt with that, as we dealt with those first 12 messages of the year, we challenged everyone to see themselves as God sees them. And now, in this first Sunday in September, in this brand new series, we would like to discuss the importance of seeing others as God sees them. Here's what God said to me. He said, just as it is important to see ourselves from God's perspective, it is just as important to see others from his perspective as well. Just as we see ourselves as God sees us, we are now being challenged to see others as God sees them. The theme scripture for the year is 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. In that text, God speaks to his prophet Samuel and it says, The Lord doesn't see things, Samuel, the way you see them. The text goes on to say, People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. What a powerful verse. In other words, God was saying to his anointed servant, don't judge people by all of these superficial, tangible things that are impressive to you as a human being. Because they don't really matter to me as much. What we've discovered in life that when we judge people and when we create relationships based on superficial things, those things do not last. And when the superficial changes or is revealed to be fake, where's the relationship? Where are you when you judge people by things that don't matter and you forget to judge them by the heart? And what God wanted Samuel to understand and what God wants us to understand that there's a lot more to people than what you can see with your natural eyes. Amen. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Give them second chances. One of the messages that I'm going to preach in this series, in the midst of that message, I urge you to take another look at someone that you had looked at one way before. Why? Because God did it to us. God gave us so many chances. He looked beyond our faults, the songwriter said, and he saw our need. Listen, in this first message of our series, let us, for the next few minutes, turn to our text. And in this text, let us examine how Jesus saw someone compared to how others saw him. Same person, how others viewed him, but how Jesus saw him. Amen. And then let us take our example from Jesus. Listen, in this text, in this very sacred, in this powerful text, Jesus encounters a man suffering from the dreaded repulsive disease called leprosy. Leprosy was an ancient debilitating disease. It was at that time no cure for leprosy. It was an airborne disease that spread it and you can contract it by coughing and sneezing on someone. You can uh, contract it by touching someone. It was a disease that as it progressed, the visible outward manifestation 
of the inward disease bored out on the outside, on someone's flesh, open sores. And you could see that someone's skin would start peeling and they would have open wounds that would be gross to look at. And in fact, some limbs were literally decaying in front of someone. So someone with leprosy could walk around with an open sore on their limb uh, that was decaying. And you could you can see gross things that no human eye would want to see. It was dreaded. In fact, most ancient religious people often associated leprosy with some sort of disobedience to the will of God. That was not always the case. It, it was some examples in the Bible in which that was the case, but it wasn't always the case. We, we know of several examples in the Bible of stories about lepers. We know of Naaman. We know of the lepers who decided, well, sit here until we die. In the New Testament, there are two major examples of leprosy involving the ministry of Jesus. One was involving 10 lepers that were healed as they went. And the Bible says only one returned to say to Jesus, thank you. And then the other example is this example. This is perhaps one of the more graphic examples of leprosy and interaction with Jesus. Luke, in his gospel account, writes as a physician. Luke describes this man's condition a little differently than Mark describes it. Luke says he was full of leprosy. In other words, he was in an advanced stage of leprosy, chronic leprosy. He was full-blown, disease-written leprosy. It was all over him. You could not miss him. He, he, it was a worst case scenario of leprosy, according to Luke's description, which meant this man was in very bad shape. Now, lepers were prohibited from interacting with anyone except other lepers. They were made and mandated to live in isolation. Outside of the populated areas, typically they lived among themselves in what we know as leper colonies, communities of other lepers like them. And so their associations were with other lepers. If they had interaction, any action with anyone outside the colony, it was from a far distance. Uh, we, we are told in historical writings that if a leper approached anyone, they were to cry out, unclean is coming. Unclean is here. If anyone saw a leper, even from a distance, they were to shout, unclean. So lepers were isolated. They had uh, no friends outside of the leper colony. They were prohibited from having any interaction with anyone else. If a leper touched someone other than another leper, that leper was to be stoned to death right there on the spot by those in the community as well. Here's the part that is even so heartbreaking. Other lepers in the colonies were asked to get stones and stone that leper to death, perhaps a friend of them. Even if they, listen to this, accidentally bumped into someone or touched someone, they were to be stoned to death. And so if a leper wanted to survive, it had to make sure that it had no interaction with someone outside of their colony. On the other hand, if a person touch a leper. Here is where the message gets interesting and you will understand what Jesus did. If a person touch a leper, the person even accidentally 
had contact with a leper. Listen to this. They were to be treated from that point on as a leper. Even if they had no outward signs of the disease. And so if you touch a loved one who was a leper and it and it could be uh, validated that you have done this from that point on, you were treated as a leper. So it was no advantage. Oh, I'm going somewhere. It was no advantage for someone outside of being a leper to have any physical contact with a leper. (laughs) So look at the text. This leper in the text decided to approach Jesus knowing the consequences of his action. (laughs) Uh, He decided, I know what the ramifications are. I know what the consequences are. I know that in all likelihood, I could lose my life. So he decided to approach Jesus. Note, the text never said he decided to touch Jesus. He did not want to contaminate Jesus, but he went out of his comfort zone and he decided to get close enough to approach Jesus, knowing If this does not go the way I desire it, this whole thing could blow up in my face. Verse 40 of the text says he approached Jesus in two ways. One with humble submission and the other with faith. (laughs) Oh, that's a lesson for all of us. If you need anything from the Lord, you ought to approach him in humble submission and with faith look at verse 40 let us read verse 40 it says and i read a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of jesus in other words he submitted himself one translation say he bowed down in front of jesus humble submission begging him not insisting not thinking he was entitled to anything he didn't even blame anyone for his disease didn't even explain the history of his disease he didn't have time to get into all of that he came in humble submission bowed down before Jesus. maybe some of us spend too much time trying to justify why we're in the shape that we're in as opposed to praying to Jesus no justification no explanation He just came down, humbled himself, knelt down in front of Jesus. And here is the part of this man's testimony that I really like. This is the faith part. First part, humble submission. Second, by faith. Listen to what he said. The leper said this. If you are willing, Lord, I know this about you. (laughs) I know that you are a way maker. And if you are willing, you can heal me. Where did he get such faith? Uh, He had not been in the general community, but perhaps he heard about what Jesus had done. And he says, if you are willing, you can heal me. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, I, I, I don't need to go to the physician right now. I I don't need to go to the soothsayer. I don't need uh, to go to the witch crather. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to the Messiah. I'm coming to the healer. I am coming to Jehovah Jireh. I am coming to God, my provider. Jehovah Rapha, God who is the healer. If you are willing, you can heal me, Lord. (laughs) You can make me come. When was the last time we prayed in faith? When was the last time we knelt down and said, Lord, I know you are able to do it. It reminds me of the story of the three young boys known as the Hebrew boys who said uh, to the wicked Nebuchadnezzar said to the king, look, we're not going to bow down to your music. We know that God is willing and able to deliver us. But in case he doesn't. 
I want you to know what we know about our God. We know he's able. <laughs> Question is, what do you know about God? Do you know he's able? Do you know he's a way maker? Do you know he is a heart fixer? Do you know that God can make everything all right in your life? Lord, if you're willing, here I am, I'm nobody. I'm a leper. I'm contaminated. I am disease written. I am a write-off. Nobody wants anything to do, but I know something about you. <laughs> I know that you are a healer. How does he know faith comes by hearing? Hearing by the word of God. Perhaps he heard what he did for Jairus' daughter. Perhaps he heard what he did for the centurion's child. When he said, send the word, Lord. You don't have to touch me. You don't have to have nothing to deal, do with me. But I know that if you're willing, somehow, you can make everything in my life all right. Now, transition to verse 41. Look at verse 41, which is the heart of today's message. Verse 41 is Jesus' response. Verse 40 is the man's response. Verse 41 is Jesus' response. Look at what Jesus said. Uh, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him and said to the man, I am willing be healed. Listen, I want to share with you three key takeaways from Jesus' response that we can apply to our life. And if he was that kind of Jesus then, he is that kind of Jesus even today as it relates to our life. Number one, Jesus was moved with compassion. Uh, Jesus had compassion on this man. One of the things that is really sad about anyone who's in leadership or anyone that is before people is that if you don't have compassion for other people, I, I am convinced you can't lead people that you can't have compassion with. Them. There, there are a lot of people who seem to like the ability to have compassion for people when they're going through what they're going through. This shows you something special about Jesus. Uh, Mark picked it up. He didn't have to say it like this, but he said in the text, he was moved by compassion. Jesus had compassion. One translation said Jesus' heart was moved by the condition of this man. My question to all of us today is how can we see people going through something and have no compassion? How can we see people struggling and trying to make it and have absolute no compassion? There are too many people setting up in their high towers with absolutely no compassion. No ability uh, to sympathize or even empathize with other people who are going through something. So Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the Messiah himself, the Bible said that he was moved with compassion. That was the first thing. He was moved with compassion. Second key takeaway is this. Jesus touched him. Look at it. Number one is that he was moved with compassion. And then here's the second one that is so powerful is that Jesus touched him. Uh, look at that on the board. Jesus touched him. Note with me. <laughs> the touch was not accidental. Jesus didn't bump into this man. He didn't accidentally rub himself against this man. Jesus, here's what the text says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. In other words, Jesus' touch was on purpose. Ooh. I'm speaking to someone right now and you're going through something and I'm telling you, Jesus 
will touch you on purpose. Jesus changed your life on purpose. If you're not what you used to be, it wasn't because you were lucky. It wasn't because something good just happened. No, the Lord on purpose touched your life. He changed your situation. He brought you out of darkness into a marvelous light on purpose. If you are alive in 2020, it's because God kept you on purpose. If you can lift your hands, it is because God has blessed you on purpose. Somebody ought to help me praise God right now. Somebody ought to take a moment right now and begin to praise God for touching you. Woo. Come on somebody. That's right. That's right. Take a moment. God did it. Lift your hands and say God did it. Lift those hands and say God did it. Woo. It is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Y'all excuse me. I just want to celebrate the fact that God touched me. I just want to celebrate that God saw what other people saw. And God looked beyond my thoughts and God touched me. Anybody know God touched you? Some of you were struggling, alcoholics, drug addicted. But yet God touched you. God found you, saw you. And God touched you. Somebody help me praise him. Even if you got to walk the floor in your kitchen, give God a praise. And say you didn't have to do it. <laughs> But you touched me. You woke me up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When other folk gave up on you, God touched you. Listen, I, I, I gave an example this morning. I remember I was in sixth grade at Atlas Road Elementary School. And, and I had a very bad stuttering problem. My family knew it. Everybody else knew it is that I had a stuttering problem uh, that my daddy had, that his father had. And so all of my life I had this. And one day my principal, the late Reverend C.R. Neal, amen, he came to me and he says, I want to meet with you and your dad. And dad came over and he said to my dad, he said, Reverend Jackson, I want your son to lead the drill team the drill team to do marches you have to call out orders you have to say right Frank left Frank I want him to be the leader of the drill team I thought he was just picking on me I thought he was just trying to make fun of me and I sat in the office and I said how can I do this I, I can't do this I said they're going to laugh at me I stutter when I speak and Reverend Neal and my daddy both the men of God closed the door 6th grade laid their hands on me and daddy said in the name of Jesus what God can do no man can take away and Reverend Neal looked me in the eyes and embraced me that's why we need leaders of school that care about kids he says son I'm not asking you to do the sixth grade God told me to choose you and from that moment on that changed my life Mr. Jerry Hollis Renee's brother was my teacher and my leader and he coached me and he worked with me and he helped me to pronounce words and after school he would stay behind and he would say you can do this son and he believed in me and I'm so glad that when others saw a young man with a speech impediment God saw somebody that had the potential to not only be a drill sergeant but a pastor and a state senator and other things that only God did because God did not see as others saw. He touched me. He didn't have to do it 
but he touched me y'all excuse me i know we gotta go but somebody ought to help me praise god right now if god has ever touched your life if god has ever brought you from a mighty long way come on come on zion come on church wherever you are lift those hands and say lord i thank you lord i thank you lord i praise you Lord, I thank you. You made a way. You brought me from a mighty long ways. Listen. Last year, Mr. Hollis turned 80 years old. I had the privilege of presenting him a state house resolution from the South Carolina Senate. At 80 years old, at his house, he looked at me and he just shook his head. Tears in his eyes, tears in my eyes. And he said, I still remember that sixth grade young boy who wondered what he could do in life. And what he reminded me of, if God be for you, who can be against you? He touched me. He touched me. And here's the third and the final key takeaway. After Jesus was moved with compassion, after Jesus touched the leper, here is something. Jesus spoke a word of deliverance over his life. Now I wondered about this. <laughs> Mac, I prayed about this as I was putting this message together weeks ago I said Lord the touch healed him but why the word <laughs> and then God told me to read another translation and I hope you can go with me upstairs I apologize for the, the message Bible puts it a different way the 44th verse of the same text in the message Bible Jesus says this and I like the way the message Bible says it Bill come on Jesus said in the message Bible this will validate your healing to the people Woo. get it on the board upstairs if you can message Bible chapter 1 of Mark's gospel verse 44 this will validate your hearing to other people and I said Lord I got it I got it the touch healed him but the spoken word validated him <laughs> when Jesus spoke the word Jesus says I'll validate you Ah, uh, the message Bible tells us very clearly that the purpose of the spoken word was to validate this man. In other words, although you are healed, I've spoken over you and said, I am willing to do this because when everybody sees you, you've now been validated. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Somebody throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. Throw those hands up. Come on in. Tell them thank you. Listen. And verse 42 of the text, the New Living Translation says, and instantly the leprosy disappeared <laughs> and this man was healed look at somebody say instantly it disappeared and this man was healed I've got a word for you right now <laughs> whatever you're going through God does not see you as others see you and God asks us not to judge others but to judge them as God sees them. 
God says it can happen right now somebody say right now somebody say right now I declare and decree I send a miracle to your house I send deliverance to your house I speak over your grandchildren I speak over your sons and daughters I speak over your sons and daughters and I say what others saw as a disease God sees as healing right now Lord come on right now somebody say right now Somebody say right now. Oh, y'all, excuse me. I feel something up in here right now. I declare over your life that God's going to turn something around right now. And God said, my touch will change things, but my word will validate you. Validate me, Lord. Validate. Listen, that example I told you about Reverend Neal and my teacher Jerry Hollis, Bill. <laughs> so when we came out of that office and, and Mr. Hollis worked with me, I was able to now clearly lead the team. But you know what really made my day? Is when Reverend Neal went outside in front of everybody and said, this is our leader. <laughs> He didn't have to do that. Uh, God had already performed the miracle, but Reverend Neal validated me in front of my peers. And some of my best friends today were with us at Atlas Road. My good friend, John Richardson, and my neighbor and others can tell you right now, he validated me. Reverend Neal said, this little stuttering, stammering boy that y'all used to laugh at, this is your leader. When God sends somebody to validate you, God can do what nobody else can do. Come on and bless him. Come on in. Listen, as we prepare to conclude this message, I want to leave you with this. This is so powerful. This is what I want you to remember so much. So I asked our staff to put this on the board. Amen. Let us remember this. That we are to always strive to see others as God sees them. How should we see them as worthy of being touched? by God regardless of their circumstances or their situation everybody is worthy everyone is worthy to be touched by God the drug addict the convicted felon, felon someone who served in prison someone who struggled with their own identity someone who had no one to say I love them they're worthy of being touched by God just remember this you were touched and they too they are worthy to be touched listen as we prepare for the altar Bill and our worship team is coming back with one of my absolute favorite songs by a friend of ours, Pastor Marvin Sapp, who's preached at this church many times before. And I count him as a great man of God and a friend. Pastor Sapp writes this song entitled, He Has His Hands on You. He sees the tears you cry. He shares your pain inside. And sometimes you wonder why he allows you to go through what you go through. This is the part that I like. Just know 
he has his hands on you listen my brothers and sisters your days are filled with dark clouds even when the sun is out and from the top of your lungs you often shout will there ever be change what shall I do just know <laughs> I'm speaking to someone now just know you may be broke you may be sick you may have been ostracized by others your family may have given up on you just know my son told me a story a couple years ago that broke my heart of a young man whose daddy was a minister because the daddy didn't agree with what this young man had chosen as his lifestyle and I'm not issuing judgment one or the other but the daddy said don't call me anymore don't talk to me anymore I disown you as my child I didn't understand that I don't understand that and so I was told dad can, can, can you just give a word to this young man and I thought about this song that Marvin Sapp says just know that God has his hands on you whoever you are whatever you're going through just know that God loves you and God has his hands on you I'm not here to criticize other preachers or ministers or what they say that's between them and their God but I do know this God has not given me the, the assignment uh, to send people to hell God has given me the opportunity to offer salvation so that they can go to heaven just know that God has his hands on you come on Bill praise team listen God sees you crying Sometimes you wonder why, wonder why. He allowed you Thank you, Lord. That's my testimony. All the things you're going through. Just know. Hallelujah. No God has his hands on you. Take it from the top again. Oh, that's a good place for a brain. Oh, 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 oh. He sees the tears you cry. Somebody, God's speaking to you right now. Someone in your living room, in your bedroom. Someone on your knees. <laughs> uh, at your couch, on your knees right now. God. Thank you, Lord. What you go through in that moment, just remember. He has his hands on Somebody got speaking to you right now. On the top of your lungs, you shout. Hey, the 
others as we may desire please put that number on the screen for them to call on but God says to see them as God sees them there's a number on the screen that we need you to call right now and perhaps you you feel as if uh, you've allowed the opinion of others to dictate to you amen where you stand with God first of all the challenge is for us to see somebody else as God sees them and I want to put this last quote on the screen that we talked about as we concluded the message and it is so important it says let us remember that we are to always strive to see others as God sees them as worthy of being touched I don't know what would have made that father give up on his son but I'm so glad that his heavenly father did not don't you ever give up on anyone don't ever write anyone off amen God is still in the transformation business and God's touch can change anyone's life we should always strive to see others as God sees them as worthy of being touched regardless of their circumstances or their situation there's a number on the screen for you to call amen and perhaps you have thought because you've been so judged by others that God has no place for you I'm here to tell you that is not the case God says I have a special place for you because God has a special touch for you one more time come on just know Thank you for his special touch. Lord, I thank you for seeing beyond his leprosy. Thank you for seeing beyond his decaying, debilitating body. To see not just what he was going through, 
but what he could become. And Lord, help us to be your hands. Help us to be your eyes and to see others and to touch others. And when we take food to senior citizens, we are your hands. When we help a single mother who's trying to raise their child, we are your hands. When we provide food to a family that's struggling to put food on the table, we are your hands. When we see a young man or a young lady who's not sure what they want to be or even who they are, when we see them, we are your eyes. We see as you see. Help us not to run away from them, but to embrace them. Run towards them. and Let them know that God wants to transform their lives. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody said amen. Come on and worship once more. Come on in. Call that number right now. Call that number right now. That's right. When times are hard and it seems like no one understands, it's in those times we tend, we tend to forget what it feels to be in His hands. Just before we pronounce the benediction, I want to announce that on this coming Tuesday night, we're going to resume our Tuesday night Bible study. God has given me a very special Tuesday night only series that is entitled Words to Live By, a study of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is such a powerful, insightful book. We're going to take verses and chapters for the next 12 weeks and we're going to walk through that and apply God's words to our life. Proverbs 4 and 5 says, get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Invite a neighbor and a friend to join us on Tuesday night for just one hour from 7 until 8 very special Bible study entitled Words to Live By. And let me say before we turn it over to Pastor Mac for our communion service, I want to say a very special thank you to those of you who contribute to this ministry and a very special thank you to those members of Bible Way and friends who participated in our faith offering. Five years ago, we entered into a campaign to eliminate our mortgage in five years. See, beginning in the year 2000, we began to take on an assignment to change a community, to bless God's people, and God told us to do something that was incredible. We purchased 100 acres of land, we built a brand new worship center, we built a women's center. Uh, we, we, did, we built a senior citizen house. We invested over $17 million in capital expenses. And five years ago, God says, by 2020, I need you to burn the mortgage. We had no idea, Bill, 
that COVID was coming. We had no idea that we would be doing virtual services for six months and no telling how much more longer. But God says, I'm the same God. And I want you to know that on the second Sunday in November, we're going to burn the mortgage. We're going to burn the mortgage, whether we're virtual or non-virtual. We may invite you to come out in a parking lot and watch us set a match to that mortgage and say, look what the Lord has done. And the only reason we're able to do that is because of you. And so right now, today, if you haven't given, go online right now. And, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Just put something in that faith offering right now. Come on, I, God has led me to do this. Put something in that faith offering right now so that you can be a part of what God has done. And when your children and their children ask you, how was all of that done? You can say, God made a way out of no way. We've built Congaree Point. For the last two weeks, we have been on the phone every day with a developer from Birmingham, Alabama who wants to build a senior citizen community right here on Atlas Road. We've signed a letter of intent. Just two weeks ago, we signed a letter of intent with a commercial developer to bring a drugstore on Bluff Road. Amen. It was God. It wasn't us. It was God. Because someone had faith in God and you had confidence in our leadership. And so it doesn't have to be much and you don't have to have a whole lot. One dollar would help. Five dollars. What, what, whatever. Just be a part of it. Okay. Allow your children to be a part of it. And go there and give. So that we can say, but God. Listen, you know, we've not begged for money. In fact, our first virtual service we urge everyone who is not a member of bible way to give your tithe and your offerings to your church in these past six months we've not asked anyone who's a member of another church to sow their tithe into our ministry but you can give a gift you can be a part of this faith offering and we know that god will do it and when god does it when God turns it around, when God do what only God can do, we're going to lift our voices and tell him thank you. Thank you for you. Thank you, Bible Way. Thank you to friends. Thank you for neighbors all over the country. Amen. Help us be an example for God. Help us to bless others even as God blesses you. Come on right now. Praise team as Pastor Matt comes. word amen in this first sermon in this fall series seeing others as God see them a special touch thank you so much to Pastor Jackson as we prepare to go into our Holy Communion service we ask those of you that are at home virtually if you would go and prepare bread and juice our praise team is going to give us a selection as you prepare your virtual communion. Then we're going to come back, read our scripture, have a prayer, and administer our holy communion. Thank you. Chains are 
because of Jesus and now I'm free cause Christ my Savior he came down and rescued me and like a flood his mercy Nothing but God's grace, amazing grace, and ending love, say, and ending love. Ooh, thank God He loved me that much. Amazing grace. Oh, come on, y'all say, and ending love. Nothing like the love of Jesus. Amazing grace. He left the 99 and he came seeking for me. Ending love. Oh my God. It was amazing grace. Nothing like the love of Jesus. Nobody else could love me that much. Hey, thank God for the blood of Jesus. away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus hey it saved me from myself communion our scripture says for I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever should eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to participate in this Holy Communion on this first Sunday at the beginning of another month. God, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you, God, because it is just wonderful, and we thank you for that. Now, God, we thank you for this bread that represents your body. Thank you for this wine that represents the blood that you shed on Calvary. Bless us as we partake in these holy sacraments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Scripture says once again, and on the same night in which he was betrayed, 
he said, take, eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. This cup is the testament in my blood, which has been shared. For as much as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune. Thank you so much. Now let's pronounce our benediction. Father, we thank you once again for this wonderful virtuous service. We thank you for the word of God, a special touch. Now God, dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children said amen. for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.